Good morning, everybody. Welcome again. This is another one for Jason's Funhouse. Thank you for tuning in and listening again. Today, I'm going to tell you how one woman grew up as a stay-at-home mom and became on a commercial for Procter & Gamble for doing Crisco commercials. Well, my grandmother, June Butts, was born in Torrington on July 3rd, not so long ago. She was born during the Depression, where her mother and father were only making $8 a week, raising four kids. She was the oldest. It was Russell, David, Mary, and her. She was the oldest of the four. And she was born, like I said, during the Great Depression. She went to Torrington High School and graduated in 1945. She then got accepted and graduated from BYU out in Utah in 1945. When she came back, a guy by the name of Edward Ziner saw that she was out in Uden, Utah, and so was he. So he just wanted to catch up on some things to figure out what they had in common and such. Things clicked, and Edward Ziner and June Butts married at Trinity Episcopal Church on the corner of Prospect Street and Water Street. The church is still standing to this day, and it's a beautiful church. And they were married September 5th, 1949. They would have five kids. Edward, Mark, Jeffrey, Jonathan, and Robert. Well, Edward and Mark, they were born on Benham Street. My dad, Edward Zinner, was born 51551, and Mark was born September 13th. 53. They were born on Benham Street, which is off Main, and my grandfather was already a fireman. My grandmother was a stay-at-home mom, and she was making ends, help make ends meet by doing wedding cakes and catering for weddings, polishing off her skills. to really win blue ribbons in the fairs. Jeff was later born on Main Street on June 18, 1957. Jonathan was born February 27, 1958 on Barton Street. Now, at this time, my grandmother, like I said, polishing off her skills, she kept winning blue ribbons, purple ribbons from the fairs. She would keep winning them 
until a little company called Crisco, who was owned by Procter and Gamble, was looking for a person to do a commercial. They had seven openings. They're just going to pick one. So what do they do? They sent out letters to seven people who were good cooks entering in the fairs. My grandmother, June Zenner, was one of the seven to get a letter. Well, scams were still happening back then, so my grandfather and her four kids said, no, we don't think you should do it. Don't bother replying. You don't know who these people are. So... She said, what's the worst that happens? So behind the back, she sent the letter out. And said, you know what? I'm interested. Here's what I have to offer. She gets a reply back that she has an all-expense-paid trip down to New York to an agency called Compton Agency. All-expenses-paid trip down. She meets with one guy gives they talk back and forth and he's like well you know what after lunch come back so during lunch my grandmother goes to Lindy's restaurant right across the street pulls up in a table and who is there but Liberace my grandmother recognizes him and has a conversation with him Asked for an autograph, so he pulls the menu off the table, signs it, and puts a little candelabra on there and gives it to her. Everybody else in the restaurant is like trying to get up to him, and the major D is like, No, you can have to wait till he is done eating. My grandmother finishes up her meal at Lindy's, goes across the street and has an interview with five people. She was kind of scared. She didn't know how it was going to go, but she said all in all, it went pretty good. So she went home. The other six people had their interviews. She gets a call back. We want to accept you for the commercial. At this time, she was pregnant with her fifth son, Robert. So the agency and all the other photographers and stuff go to the house to make sure that the kitchen is the right size. They do all the measurements and found out it is the right size. So they actually had to get the power company in to run more lines to do the, the final commercial. So at this time they're taping for a few days my grandfather goes and gets his, his kids from school he can't come right home because he's got to be quiet if there's an animal out in the yard a bird or anything making noise or a car that goes by they have to stop the production and start all over again this went on for a few days that commercially that commercial ultimately aired in all 50 states for two years and she'd done so much since then. She became 
the president of the women's club in Torrington, an honorary mayor, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, and she did work at home until Robert was in first grade. In 1972, she started working at New Hartford School called Antolini School. She was the first school district in Connecticut to serve tacos on the menu for the school. She was also the first school to have a satellite program where they cooked the food in that school and send it to other school districts. She then decides to be in the Historical Society and still in the women's program. She just, they decide to make her a chairman of the literacy program. She decides that she's going to help out a few adults to read. She then decided, well, you know, if these adults need help, we're going to start a tutoring program for Torrington. She is now helping kids. I asked her how many kids she has helped. She goes, I have no idea. Mind you, she's been doing this for years. I'm guessing well over 100 have learned to read by her. Okay, now, here's a few statistics that she came up with that she's done research on. 14% of grown adults cannot read or write. 60% of adults and kids are illiterate. They cannot read. 75% of all the prisoners in this system right now are high school dropouts. She opened a learning center in Torrington which is called the Community Learning Center and she helped out more kids with that. She accomplished more in her life than a lot of people have. She was an aunt, well, a sister, daughter, aunt, grandmother, great-grandmother, mentors to a lot of people, and my hat goes off to her. If I ever needed advice or somebody to look up to, all I gotta do is look at her. When I was younger, my brother and me were in Boy Scouts. Troop 44, Goshen. She would take us up there, sit out in the lobby, and wait two, two and a half hours, reading a magazine, waiting for us. 
whenever there was a ceremony for Boy Scouts or school, guaranteed she was in the audience. And that's the way she did it with a lot of my cousins. She was always there. Every holiday, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, everything. Her house wasn't that big, but she would invite everybody over, throw down a large dinner on her own, and invite 37 people to her house. And never complain. This is the type of woman that she is. If you ever need to sit down and have somebody listen to her, you, she's it. She overcame breast cancer. She overcame tragedy in her life. October 18, 2013, her oldest son, Edward Zeiner, was diagnosed with stage 4 brain cancer. He passed away. She overcame that. Her husband, Edward Zeiner, passed away. And she's still fighting. And let me tell you, if I can ever be as strong as that woman is, God has blessed me. So, I'm going to leave this on a positive note. If you ever find anybody like that in your life, you are blessed. Until then, be safe. Like and subscribe, please. There will be other videos coming once a week. Thank you.